On today's episode of The Stuff Your Account Isn't Telling You, we're going to be talking about creating systems that run your business while you're on vacation. Now, you may be wondering, why would you be talking about this with your accountant? And the thing is, when you really start to think about this, this opens you up to creating new streams of revenue and more profit in your business. We're going to talk about that on today's episode, so stay tuned. All right, welcome back. We're going to jump into the topic of, you know, creating systems while you're on vacation. But before we jump into that, how are you doing, Lola? I'm great. Today's Friday. We usually record on Wednesdays, so there's always that Friday energy in the air. So yeah, I'm good. Um, it's been a great week, a birthday week. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? I am great. Now, did you do anything special for your birthday? Um. Kinda. I took the day off. I didn't do any work. So if you sent me any emails and I did not respond, that is why. Um, I took far, I took Wednesday off for my birthday. And then I also want to give a special shout out to Jamali, who is the content manager on our team. Her birthday was on the 23rd of May. So shout out to her. Um, but didn't really do too much. We went to breakfast. Oh, by the way, guys, I just want to let you know, for those of you that know Terrell personally, Terrell is a very, very busy person. So I was very fortunate <laughs> When he cleared his whole day for me um, and took me to breakfast, that was really nice. So I'm sure there were a lot of meetings. So if you had a meeting scheduled with Terrell on May 24th and he moved it, that is why um, I got the whole morning and afternoon dedicated to me. It was very nice. Thank you for that. We went to breakfast is my at my favorite, one of my favorite breakfast spots. Had some nice breakfast. Um, wanted to watch John Wick 4. It was a three-hour movie, too much of a commitment, so we decided we're going to save that hopefully for the weekend. And yeah, so it was a good weekend, a good good birthday. Had some good breakfast, um, went to dinner with my best friend, so it was really nice. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I'm glad good... that you enjoyed it. Um, yes. Now, one of the things that's getting very interesting, and I think why this topic came up even for us, is we're in travel season, what I call travel season. I mean, between, you know, it's like... Every other week, we're traveling somewhere, yes, yes. but the business still has to keep running. <laughs> that is correct. Um, and I think it's funny because I love to travel. Like, I, I, I thoroughly enjoy traveling. I think you and I have different perspectives on travel. One of our family friends recently made a joke and said that Lola is the explorer and Terrell is the traveler. So I, when I travel, I am like all about infusing myself in the culture and which I think you do some, but how would you describe yourself as a traveler? Like, like how would you describe your travel personality? For the most part, I'm a functional traveler. I See mean, that? I'm going for, there's Specific a reason why purpose. I'm there. Um, <laughs> and I think part of it is, is like, you know, sometimes I get to the point where like, and this has happened to me a couple of times, mm-hmm. like where. I'm literally like walking through a hotel because after a while, a lot of the hotels look the same. Right. You're walking through the hotel and you see a picture on the wall and you're like, that's a pretty good, you know, that's a pretty nice looking, you know, skyline. What city am I in? Oh, gosh. Like, <laughs> like where am I today? Oh, yeah. um, and, and so sometimes when that happens, like, you know, it, it just makes me think about like, I'm a good functional traveler. Meaning I go for whatever it is that I need to go for. When I come home, I will say I enjoy being home. 
Um, and then, like I said, it's really figuring out those things in the business. And I think maybe part of it is because, you know, and we're in the phase of we're growing and we're scaling the business mm -hmm. to where when I'm traveling, I am thinking about, hey, what needs to get done? You know, are we, you know hitting our deadlines are we growing in the right places and stuff like that yeah and so i think this episode is really good for for all types of travelers if you are an explorer like me who likes to get infused in the culture and if you're an explorer like or a traveler like Darrell, who is more of the functional traveler um i think all in all it really comes down to you know from my perspective, freeing up your time as a business owner, when you have solid processes to be able to go get more revenue, to be able to build a more profitable business, or simply to be able to have the free time to be able to travel, to explore, or hey, travel to close some of the deals. So like we've done, or not we, you've done a lot of business development discussions yeah. and travels very recently, whether it's been to meet new clients, to meet people that are interested in doing business with us. And I think that's the great thing about travel is you can you can manage it any way that you want. So really, I think the tips we're going to share and the perspective we're going to provide in this episode is really going to be based off of giving you more time that you can use to either travel recreationally or, hey, to help, you know, close more deals and, and use that time to build your business. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I do think there is an overarching point like that we've navigated in going through, you know, structuring our business so we can travel to do, whether it's personal travel, whether it's, you know, business development work. And in the process of doing that, it opened up a huge opportunity where we started seeing there is room to make the business more profitable. Yeah. Uh, and, and that is something that I noticed not a lot of accountants are talking to their, you know, their clients about is there is something that you're going to unlock that will help make your business more profitable. And we're going to talk about that. But First, I want to talk about, I think, the initial hurdle that we ran into, mm. I think, was really just understanding what were we actually doing? Um, because I think at one point, we just really didn't have a real clear picture of who was doing what in the business. And that was one of the hurdles we had to work through to be able to, you know, create a system at all so yeah when it came down to like you know having to really ask yourself that question like what am i really spending my time on what was that like for you that was it was tough because i think that for me is really what separates the baby business from the big business mm -hmm. i mean you see people that have been in business for 15 years and you are like hey walk me through your sales process of how you close deals or just walk me through a process and like it's like, oh, you know, I got this like sticky note here. I got this spreadsheet here. I mean, I remember when we first started, um, when we first started providing accounting, bookkeeping services, there were some people that I would talk to that were like, hey, I'm interested. I really need an accountant. I just need help getting my life in order. And I'm like, okay, walk me through how your existing processes, how does your business operate? How does your business run? And it was like all in their head or it was in a bunch of sticky notes. Yeah. And when you would talk to them, I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like, all right, you must've just recently started your business. No, I've been in business for 20 years. And I'm like, <laughs> if something happened to you today, God forbid, or if you wanted to go take a vacation and go somewhere, you don't have the ability to do that because everything that you, every process in your business is in your head. Yeah. So, and that's why I think for me, 
I'm grateful for you because we were kind of forced earlier on in our business to really create processes because I think it's easy to get away with it when you're a newer business owner, like let's say within the first two to three years, because you're like, all right, like the business is small, the business is still growing, like I don't need to do all this. And a lot of times you just don't have the time. To be honest, like you're trying to do everything, especially, you know, when those first couple of years when it was just us or it was just really just you and me, um, we didn't really have a team to go do things. Mm -hmm. But what I learned for me was that was the best time to build processes, right? And that was the best time to establish, no matter how painful it was, because I think as we started to onboard, even when I think about like the marketing part of the business and the content part of the business, like that was the best time to on board and create processes because as the marketing team started to grow and as we started to get sponsors for the podcast, like if we didn't have a process in place of how we did our content or how we did our marketing, and I'll let you talk about the accounting part specifically, but like if we didn't have processes of how we navigated it, like how do you go pitch to a potential sponsor and just be like, hey, you know, this is what we're doing. Okay, walk me through your process. What's the cadence? How does this work? And I'm like, mm. the good thing is we had that. And I mm-hmm. think really for me it was initial struggle but i would say like really forcing us to do that earlier on in the business was a game changer so how about you what was that process like yeah i mean i think i started feeling it around what a hundred between 120 to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year in like annualized revenue so when you look at it from that that perspective you know Start making about between you know what ten to ten to fourteen thousand dollars a month, mm-hmm. and when we started getting to that point, that's where you had enough business coming in to where thing you could no longer we could no longer just you know do it on the fly each month, yeah. Because this client had questions or this was coming up to where I think we really had to get organized, and that's where we started really onboarding staff Mm -hmm. and really putting, and when the staff came on, it's just like, well, what are they going to do now? Yeah. The big thing for us was when we first started bringing on staff, it took us about six months to get the staff like really acclimated to where they were independent. Mm -hmm. And I quickly learned like, man, that is too long. I mean, six, I mean, cause even if you think about it, let's say if a person stays with you for two years, I mean, the first six months, they're getting up to speed. And then you get, what, a year and a half, and then you got to go through that process again. Yeah. And so for us, it was really figuring out how do we put some processes in place? Um, Because one is during that six months, you couldn't take any time off because the you needed to talk to them like every day, <laughs> give them guidance. And I'm just like, you know, this can't be the best way. And so yeah. for, for us, I think, like I said, around that, between that 120 to, you know, 115,000 of annual revenue was where it really jumped out to me. And I think it came down to doing some of the basic stuff of just mm-hmm. really sitting down like, okay, all right, for us, like first it was figuring out. What did the customer ask for? Like, what are we supposed to deliver for the customer? Yeah. And when we started from that point working backwards, I'm like, okay, we need to deliver the financial statements by X date of the month. Okay, what needs to happen for us to be able to do that? And Mm -hmm. we started slowly working backwards from the deliverables. Mm -hmm. And what it helped me start realizing is we were spending a lot of time on things that didn't really drive the end product. Yeah. 
And so I think as we started looking at that, I think for me, that's where it really became a lot more obvious. Like, hey, we need to put some processes in place, uh, which eventually went on to allow us to increase our profitability, which I'll talk about a little bit more. But I would say that was probably the start for me of just seeing that, hey, we were we were hitting some capacity limits in different areas, but we still had the room to grow. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. And I think. I think if he, if he goes back to like traveling, I guess, to the point to bring it all together to the discussion we're having today, I think the point that you made on just the range of revenue, because I think sometimes that's a difficult point to kind of identify for business owners is, all right, at what point do I really need to have a business? Because sometimes like a business structure, because I think sometimes a lot of times it's just you by yourself, right? And so like, okay, do I really need to have all the structure? Do I really need to have a a mode of operation and like how my business runs. And the reality is you do, because if you really want to grow that business, you need to have a way that it operates. Because I think that is why it's always such a challenge. People struggle with hiring. Like when you do first, it's like, I don't have enough money to hire. Then it's like, now I do have enough money to hire, but when I hire them, what are they going to do? And then when you hire them and you bring them on board, it's like, all right, so now I got to figure out and scramble. And it's like, you're paying the money for that employee to do nothing mm-hmm. until you figure out what they need to do. So is if you have those processes set in place, then you can really create a structure where you can afford to take time off yeah. and you can afford to travel. And when you're traveling and you're out closing new deals and meeting new clients, it's not a pain in the butt where you're like, now everything stops and nothing is getting mm-hmm. done in the business. So, yeah. yeah. And, and I think that that's an, an important point because um, I think that w- I would say that would be like my second thing of once we really started looking at what everybody was doing is started asking myself, okay, all right, how much of this work that's on this list actually helps us generate, you know, revenue? Yeah. And because what I started realizing is we were spending about 80% of our time on things that don't actually make us money. Mm. And whenever I'm sitting down with a client or we're going through that process, what we tend to find is they're spending a lot of time on things that don't make them any money. And if you're going to go on, let's say, for example, talk about creating a system that allows you to go on vacation. What you don't want to happen is while you're on vacation, all the work that's being done is stuff that doesn't actually make you money. Oh, yeah, that's good. And, and so, I mean, because I, I think that that becomes the key is like you want to create a system that can actually continue to generate money. So while you're on vacation, your business is still making money. Mm-hmm. And, and I think for us, it was figuring that out. And, and then, like I said, once we identified like, hey, we're spending all our time over here. This activity doesn't make us any money. How can we tweak this and adjust this? And then it made it a lot easier for us to hire more staff. Yeah. Because now when I hire staff, I'm like, here are the four things that they can do to generate more revenue. Mm-hmm. Now, what I need to do is make sure that they can have as much time focused on those activities. So then that person actually pays for themselves when we hire them. Yeah, that's good. And I think that's something that you also pushed for. And that was a mindset change that I had to have because I think sometimes when you mention like the 80%, spending 80% of our time on the stuff that doesn't even really generate revenue, I think sometimes it's stuff that you think in your mind needs to get done, right? But I think one of the things that I've learned is, yeah, there may be some things that need to get done, Mm -hmm. but then the question really should be, you know, 
whose time is the most valuable or the, let me say it like this, whose time is more likely to be used to help bring incremental revenue in the business. And by that, I mean, like, for example, let's say between me and you, let's say I was on the team and I was working in the accounting department. And when you think about the value of my time versus your time. It's like, hey, if you're more likely to go have those conversations with the customers and with the clients or prospective clients and actually close the deals and bring us more revenue, do I really want you as the person who's more likely to close more deals spending time doing accounting reconciliations, right? Or spending time, you know, reviewing reclasses and journal entries. Like, probably not the best use of your time if we could get you out there closing deals. And I think that's something that I had to realize and recognize is as someone who is helping drive the front part of the business and bringing in the revenue, is your time, the activities that you're spending 80% of your time on, is that worth the revenue that you're losing that you could be earning, mm-hmm. you know, going out, shaking hands, meeting people, closing deals? And yep. we cl- we realized relatively quickly in our business, no. Like, that's not the case. Um, and it took me some time to, to, to digest that and learn that. And that was something that I really had to learn. And then I also had to realize, like, that comfort, honestly, of, like, but I like doing this. Like, mm-hmm. this is where I'm comfortable. But, yeah, no, okay. But in the grand scheme of things, like, that's why you hired somebody to go do those things. Yeah. You need to focus on revenue-generating actions in the business because between you and that employee that you hired, your time – and the cost and the the value of your time is worth more than the the cost associated with the person that you're hiring to yeah. do the business, yeah, or to and, do the, I, the activities. And I think that that becomes a challenging thing for anyone who has had a job in another company, mm. because that one took some time for me to wrap my mind around because. I didn't have a sales job before. Now, if you worked in sales, let's say in a corporate job or something, you understood. Like, you want to spend as much time as possible on the things that actually lead to more sales because that's how you make money. Right. Now, for most other jobs, you're not really directly driving revenue. So you're used to like, oh, this task needs to be done. This task needs to be done. But I think when you're running a business, you do have to take a step back and ask yourself, okay, all right. Which tasks are going to help the business actually grow? And I think for a lot of people, they struggle to wrap their mind around it and they get caught up in, well, this little thing needs to be done. This thing needs to be done. And it's just like, no, no, no. Let's look at this. What types of activity actually bring money into the business? Mm -hmm. Are you spending most of your time on those types of activities? Mm -hmm. Now, yes, there are other things that need to get done, but that's where we then said, all right, What's the next step we can do? And that's where we started to use a lot of tools to fix some things. Like, for for example, for us as an accounting firm, I mean, I was spending a good amount of time, like I said, doing those reconciliations right. where we're trying to, you know, verify, hey, did all the revenue get recorded properly? And I was like, you know what? Yes, this is a good thing for us to, you know, to, to do, but... How do we create a, whether it's a tool, whether it's a process to check this stuff so I don't have to spend time checking it? Right. And that's where we started using, you know, we started using LiveFlow and looking at that of, you know, for a lot of the law firm clients, I was like, okay, all right, what am I doing when I review this stuff? Mm-hmm. And then how do I use the LiveFlow tool, create some formulas to let that do what I would do manually. Right. And when we started creating those templates, one of the things that I realized, I was like, you know what? 
I no longer have to do this manually. Right. I can just use the formulas and the live flow tool and the spreadsheets. And now all the bookkeepers and the staff, they can check their own work to where I no longer have to do that step anymore. Yeah. And I think it was part of that came from like, I wanted to travel more. And I'm like, well, I can't afford to travel because I got to be the one to check this. But when we started thinking like, okay, all right, how do we get me out of this process? That's where it opened us up to, you know, being able to free up my time so I can go get more customers. And the staff was able to check their own work. Yeah, no, that's good. And I think that's that is actually one of the reasons why you can travel during close too, because <laughs> we have those those processes in place. Um, but no, I, I think that's a that's a really good point. Was was there something else that you wanted to like touch on or, or expand on more when we talk? So you, if I just recap, mm-hmm. just give us a recap of like the things that we've talked about so far. On hey, if I'm wanting to travel more or I want to enjoy my travels more, let's say it that way. I want to yeah. enjoy my travels more, and I want my business to still operate while I'm gone. What are, from your perspective, just to recap some of the things that you're saying, hey, we need to we need to have these things in place? Yeah, I think the first one is really understanding what are you actually doing? What are you spending your time on? Mm-hmm. And then really kind of rank that to say, okay, all right, how much of this actually generates revenue versus some of this is going to be busy work? Some of it is necessary, but it's background work. Mm-hmm. So how do we identify what's revenue generating versus what's background work? Mm-hmm. And then once you identify what is revenue generating, is just start asking yourself, all right, is there some room for us to automate some of this stuff? Like I said, for us being an accounting firm, we started using LiveFlow to automate a lot of it. Like one another example was when it came down to reporting to clients, like creating manual reports, like that was taking time and during the closing process, like I couldn't travel because I'm like, I got to create these reports. Well, once we figured out how to automate it with live flow, it's just like now the reports automatically update. The clients have access to them, which means I can now travel and be confident that, hey, those tasks are being done. And that's mm-hmm. one thing we get paid for. So we wanted to make sure we automate the things we get paid for as much as we can. And where we couldn't is just making sure the team knew their limitations. Like, yeah. hey, I know you do these five things. This, These two are the ones we actually get paid for. Prioritize these two tasks. These other three, if we don't have time to do them, either create a system or we need to be clear that, hey, it's okay if you don't do number five because that doesn't that isn't really core to what we get paid to do. That's good. Actually, that's a really, really good point. That question of what do we actually get paid to do and what do we get paid to deliver on? Because I think in that regard, even when you're trying to allocate your employees time, because Mm -hmm. I have found like as an, you know, someone that's managed people for a while, for a long time now is people always just want to do what they're told. Like, it's like, if these are my job responsibilities, these are my seven tasks. Like I feel some type of way if I don't do these two on the list, but it's like, Hey, and I think this is something that I, I have learned as a someone who's worked for people also is when you come to me and there's seven priorities, okay, hey, where do you want me to spend my time? What is the most important thing right now? And sometimes that question might not come from the bottom up. And so as a leader, you might have to provide that direction to say, okay, these are the seven things on the list. Yes, they all need to be done. But hey, these are the five things that generate revenue. These are five things that are going to be the most important. Focus on those five first. And then if you have time do the other two. So I, yeah. I, I really like that point because then I think it really allows you and it's realistic because 
you're not always going to have an unlimited amount of time. Things mm-hmm. pop up, client deliverables pop up, rush orders pop up. So at the end of the day, it comes down to, can you prioritize to execute ultimately on what is a, I guess, customer facing activity um, that meets what your client needs um, while understanding that, hey, there may be a situation where there are things that are going to get kind of fall to the wayside. And I think that's where the processes really, really play a role in making sure that, hey, this isn't a manual process we have to do every single time. Mm -hmm. Um, And the processes allow you to do that stuff quicker. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And and I think, you know, the, the final thing that I'll say is, when it comes down to wanting to travel, wanting whether it's going on vacation or whether it's, you know, traveling for going to conferences, I mean, which we're in conferences and like I'll be traveling, um, probably will be speaking in Vegas at the conference I'm going to. And then I'll be speaking in St. Louis and I'm speaking in, you know, in multiple conferences Busy in man. August. Busy man. <laughs> um, we got the conference that I'll be speaking at in, in Asia. So be flying to that and then also we have our, I was not our, invited to know, that one. Mm-hmm. a vacation that we're doing in Greece mm-hmm. I mean which all these different things going on and I think the core thing for the team is really making it very very clear for myself as well as the team mm-hmm. what do we get paid for like what are the clients paying us for yeah and making sure that hey we have processes that help us deliver on the things we actually get paid for because while I'm on vacation, I'm not focused on all the little things. I'm focused on what are the core things we get paid for? Do we have processes to deliver those things? Now, when I get back from vacation, we can look at some of the miscellaneous types of tasks and items. But the core is what do we get paid for and are we able to deliver on that? Yeah. And ultimately, I guess last point that I would make is you want to go on your vacation and you want your business to still be running and operating and making money for you. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to go on vacation and come back and be like, dang, I'm stressed now. <laughs> I spent all this money on vacation. I just have $20,000 on this vacation to go to Greece. And here I am. Now I got to make all that money back. It's like, no, you want your business to be working for you while you're gone. And the best way to do that is to have solid processes and all of the amazing things that Terrell highlighted. So I think it's been a a great episode and it's actually very clear. As you can see, as Terrell kind of went through the itinerary of all the places he's going to be traveling to, all of it is functional travel with the exception of Greece, which is our anniversary. So, And we also have, we're going to visit family. We're going to Kenya in December. December. There's a couple of fun trips in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you again for tuning in. Until next time.